the Sultan of Swat did just that on this day. He swatted an umpire. Babe Ruth punched an umpire with his fist. After he was given the old heave-ho in a baseball game between Boston and Washington, Ruth was pitching at the time. He threw four pitches, all called balls by the home plate umpire. Ruth stomped off the pitcher's mound to the plate and tongue-lashed Brick Owens with a volley of, well, unmentionables. <laughs> Ruth was ejected and fined 100 bucks. Now here's the rub. Ernie Shore came into the game and pitched what would have been the fourth perfect game in Major League Baseball history as the Red Sox defeated Washington 4 to nothing. You never know how things are going to work out. 1931 on this date, Wiley Post and Harold Gaddy took off on an around-the-world flight aboard the Winnie Mae. Also 1931, a young couple who unknowingly would become the royal family of the National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing married on this date, June 23, 1931, Anne Bledsoe and William Bill Henry Getty France tied the knot. And they would take NASCAR into one of the largest sanctioning organizations in the world for auto racing. 1933, the Pepper Pot radio program welcomed a new host. Don McNeil took over the show and he renamed it the Breakfast Club, and the rest is indeed broadcast history. That's a look at some of Today in History along with Mike Martini. I'm George Zahn. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you, George. In traffic right now, accident Beachmont at Pattison, Beachmont at Pattison, Ridge at Woodford, Redding at Lexington, Paddock at Redding, and the 3300 block of Central Parkway. Another accident. Weather forecast, heat advisory it remains in effect until 8 o'clock tonight. Uh, tonight, partly cloudy skies, low of 72. Slight chance of showers, especially later. Tomorrow, cloudy skies in the morning, maybe a little sun, but also a 50% chance of off-and-on pop-up thunderstorms. Tomorrow's high, 88 degrees. On Friday, sunny skies, no rain in the forecast, a high of 88. And then Saturday, sunny, hot, humid, a high of 92. Sunday, sunny, hot, humid, a high of 92. However, Sunday afternoon, a slight chance of rain as well. Looks like we'll be back in the mid-80s again next Tuesday and Wednesday. Right now, 87 degrees here at 89.3 WMKV. Discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program, WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, its staff, or management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on 89.3 FM WMKV. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vina Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing, the nation's public radio source for the latest tips, strategies, and workable techniques in real estate investing. And oh my gosh, is the real estate investing market hot? Yeah, I know. New home sales were down 33% in the month of May. And anyone who's surprised by that wasn't like following the whole first-time home buyer tax credit thing. Because they were, of course, up in February and April as a result of that. But uh, we, of course, don't deal in new homes in real estate investing. Typically, we deal in those old, junky, ugly, 
messed up properties that we can get for pennies on the dollar. And let me tell you folks, if you are not out there looking for them and snatching up as fast as you can, you are making a huge mistake. Properties are on sale at a level that I have never ever seen before. Uh, we put a property under contract last week that has a um, $90,000 after repaired value probably needs about $25,000 worth of work and the purchase price is 17000 Tell me how you make a mistake buying that property. I just, I just, I just don't know. And yeah, there's the whole financing issue and yeah, there's the whole, then I got to rehab it and there's the whole, uh, I don't have a buyer's list so I can't wholesale it, but put the pieces in place, people. <laughs> you are never going to see an opportunity like this again, ever, ever, ever in your entire life millionaires will be made during this period. Just just people who are going out and buying four or five, maybe 10 houses over the course of four years and holding on to them. <laughs> Prices go back up. Oh my gosh. Uh, I can't exhort you enough. Get out there into the real estate market if you've been thinking about it at all. Don't wait for the quote, the market to recover because all that means is uh, prices are going They're up. Not on sale anymore. <laughs> yes. Yeah, let, let's let, let's buy let's buy stocks when when they when the recover too. Yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's <laughs> always a really good investing strategy. Uh, today we are talking about those ugly houses, and the voice you hear beside me is Mr. Jerry Fink, past president of the Real Estate Investors Association of Greater Cincinnati, and a national professional housing provider designation holder, and a real estate investor for over twenty years now, and a full time uh, rehabber of various kinds of properties. Uh, we're gonna talk today about some of the opportunities that are out there in ugly properties, because it isn't just single families anymore, is it, Jerry? No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let, let, let's talk about, let's start out by talking about your latest project, because I know you're dying to, and it's, <laughs> been, it's been the only thing on your mind for about the last four eight, or five months. months. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a good one, and, it, and it's a, it's it a great example, because let us start by saying that even though you have been investing in real estate, for for twenty years, the first almost thirty now, almost thirty. Okay, but yeah. the but the first the first you know twenty three of that it was just like buy a house here, buy a house there. It wasn't right. anything right. full time. You had a full time job, right. and then when you did start going full time, you were strictly in the single family home business. So Correct. what you're about to tell people is not the result of you having done this deal that you're going to talk about over and over again. This is the first time you've done it. Right. It was just as scary to you as it would be to any person who was new into these kinds of numbers. And you did it anyway. So tell us about the deal. Okay. Um, as Vina said, you know, I've been dealing in the single families for um, about 30 years. I have uh, purchased and renovated over 50 houses and done innumerable turnovers along the way, too. So through all that, I've, I've learned how to, how to find them, how to finance them, how to rehab them, how to find contractors, control them, how to set up the systems to be able to do all that. And one of the things that um, that just kept occurring to me is that single families are one at a time, and when you start talking about multifamilies, you can do many more units at a time. Mm -hmm. um, you get the economies of scale. You know, uh, the the complex that we're uh, supposed to close on on Wednesday uh, is 120 units. It's four buildings, so I have four roofs. I have one lawn, one pool, et cetera, et cetera, instead of 120 roofs. Um, I have one centralized 
rental office instead of having to run all over town to try to keep track of 120 different um, single sites. So what what uh, what happened is a uh, actually one of your fast track students and I are uh, going together on this one. We uh, started talking about a about a year ago about looking for these larger complexes, and he came across a particular agent actually out of Michigan who handles a lot of REOs is exactly what it, what this one is. It's an REO uh, from a bank out of um, I think they're actually out of DC is where the note holder is, but this uh, brokerage out of Michigan handles the multifamily REOs. So he uh, told my partner about this one. We evaluated it. We went and looked at it. Uh, it's kind of interesting because the, the drop-in date for for the bids on this particular property was the end of October. So we scrambled, got together our offer, got it in uh, before the end of October, and then, of course, as is so often the case with banks, nothing happened. <laughs> so we... Uh, you know, every once in a while we would we would call back, you know, call the broker back, and you know, have you heard anything about it? Have you heard anything? So it just so happened that uh, in February, he um, he emailed the broker, and the broker emailed right back and said, "Funny you should uh, ask. I am I am on the phone, on a conference call with the with the bank right now, talking about that property." So about two days later, we got a, a call back and. Uh, basically said, if you still want it, it's yours. Now, the interesting thing was that when they had asked for our best and final offer, we had put in a, this never happens, (laughs) right? We had put in our best and final offer at 1.35 million, Mm -hmm. okay? So the broker calls back and he says, if you want it, it's yours, Uh, but they did counter offer. Now that's very common, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But the interesting thing was the counter offer was 1.2 million. So they actually dropped the price by one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Now, was there any ever any explanation of that? I mean, uh, okay, <laughs> let, 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 let's let's step back for a second and say weird things happen in the ugly house market. Yes, they, they do. They, and and particularly when you're dealing with these bank owned properties, um, I I had a, 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 a there's actually a property we're closing on um, Friday that is a four family, and generally the thought with banks is make an offer to close as fast as you can because that's that's impressive to them, right. and they'd, they'd rather have a, a slightly lower offer to close in right. 20 days than a, than a higher one that's not going to close until for 60 days. Or at all. They they accepted our price, but they countered with, we don't want you to close for seven weeks <laughs> <laughs> because they didn't have everything in, the, in They didn't order. have everything in, in, in place on their side. So did they give you any explanation for why the counter was lower? The, the broker said uh, the best he could figure out was that they just did not want us go back going back and doing what's called in the in the big buildings, what's called retrading. In other words, we would have gone in at 1.35. They would have accepted that, and then we would have gone back and said, "Oh no, the, the now that roofs, we really look at now it. that we really look at it, the <laughs> roofs need more than we thought, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera." That's called retrading. And and it's not it's not just a negotiation trick because truthfully, you guys looked at what 10 or 15 properties altogether before you got to this one. Oh, at least. And when you're evaluating these big multifamilies, you do not go through every unit and write down everything until that needs to be done until it's under contract. So it's not it's not a game. You go you you spend 
a day at the place. You you figure out kind of on the whole what's the condition and what are some of the big systems that need to be replaced. You write down your number. You make your offer, but the offer is contingent upon now we've got to go through it with fine-tooth comb. Right. And there right. is always stuff that you, even if you thought you were overestimating the repairs, you it never stuff. turns out to work. <laughs> you find stuff, yeah. Yeah. So that's the um, that's the best explanation that he was able to give was that he just didn't want us to come back and retrade. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was a big jump downwards, though, to, yes. <laughs> to keep yeah. from the retrading. But uh, again, um, just an ugly property with a decimal point in a different place. And, and and when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about this because all the decimal points were yes, in different places, <laughs> including the cash flow, the, the ultimate value of the property, and the rehab costs. Yeah. Yep. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing. You can give us a call with any questions you have about ugly properties at 772-9658 in the greater Cincinnati area or 877 7729658 if you're listening to us online from outside Cincinnati or you can send us an email at askvina at gmail.com Support for WMKV comes from the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati, a nonprofit educational association with programs available for real estate investors at all levels of experience. RIA meets on the first and third Thursdays of every month. More information about RIA and their meetings is available at 859 292 7342. Checking on traffic right now. Watch out for an accident just in. It's on uh, just south, southbound 71, south of the Lytle Tunnel, which is also westbound Fort Washington Way. It's on the right shoulder. It's a hit skip accident. Again, that is southbound 71 or westbound Fort Washington Way, just outside the Lytle Tunnel. Accident in the 7600 block of Beachmont now, also one in Clifton between Calhoun and McMillan. Fields Ertle at US 42, an accident. Beachmont at Patterson. Ridge at Woodford, Redding at Lexington, and Paddock at Redding. Those are your accidents this afternoon. Eastbound 275, a little heavier than usual, between Montgomery and Ward's Corner. Temperature right now is uh, 86 degrees, and uh, tonight we have a heat advisory in effect until 8 o'clock, but we also could get uh, some showers, some thunderstorms later on tonight with a low of 72 degrees. Tomorrow, cloudy in the morning. Could see a little sunshine midday, but also a chance of a shower or thunderstorm. 50% chance of rain tomorrow and a high of 88. We always appreciate your support for WMKV, and we hope you'll help us spread the word. Tell a friend today about WMKV FM 89.3 and our streaming audio available anywhere at WMKVFM.org. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox, and my guest today is Jerry Fink, who is best known locally as one of the um, big rehabbers, big teachers of how to rehab right, because that is an entire specialty all in itself. And we're, we're kind of uh, loosely today talking about ugly properties and the opportunities that are available in them. Uh, kind of leading up to to a couple of things, Jerry is the early speaker at the next Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati meeting, uh, which is uh, Thursday a week. It's, it's the first next Thursday is the first, right? First of the month, and um, he's going to be talking about the strategies of wholesaling and retailing ugly houses. 
And then that Saturday, uh, is it that Saturday? You know, I really should have checked my calendar before I started no, talking. Uh, another Saturday. <laughs> Saturday, <laughs> Saturday the 10th, uh, Rhea is sponsoring an all-day workshop that Jerry and I will be co-teaching about, uh, well, it's called How to Make Money in Ugly Houses. And it's going to be a full day of um, how, to, how to find them, how to finance them if you need to, how to wholesale them if that's what you want to do, how to... Uh, if you are going to fix them, hire the contractors right, get the, ma- get the materials at the right cost, all that good kind of stuff. So it's a, a good class. You can get more information on that at CincinnatiRIA.com. That's Cincinnati, R-E-I-A.com. Uh, at the moment, we're talking about ugly property on a big scale because, uh, again, so many opportunities available out there in these ugly houses, uh, single families, small multis, big multis. Uh, Jerry was describing before the break a deal that he is doing on a 100-plus unit building that uh, was a bank-owned property and, uh, we should add, had not been taken care of in a number of years. So it definitely fit that that ugly (laughs) category. Uh, Talk about the rehab on this because you you tried to make the point earlier (laughs) that uh, um, having 120 single-family homes would be... Well, that's a full-time job for any for investor. several people. <laughs> yes, that's, and, and, and as you said, it's 120 roofs and 120 furnaces and uh, right. 120 separate sites and so on. Having 120 units in, in all one big complex doesn't mean that there's really any less rehab. It just means that it maybe goes differently. It goes differently, but all of the systems and everything are, are virtually identical. Um, you still do the same planning. You still have to figure out what what needs to be done in what order, figure out what, what we refer to as the critical path, um, and find the right people to do it and manage them and you know while they're out there working. Uh, so everything that I learned in single families is still applicable in the big ones. It's just it's done on a much bigger scale. Instead of managing five or ten people on a normal single-family rehab, in this case... Uh, we will have as many as 100 people at a time on site working mm-hmm. on this thing. So, mm-hmm. so um, you know, it, it is an order of magnitude, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but on the other hand, I'm guessing that when you call a roofer and instead of saying, I need you to put a roof on that house, you say, yeah, I'm going to need you there for like two weeks because I've got like, you know, four different sets of buildings. Uh, maybe the costs actually per roof or per square go down. It it is it is absolutely amazing. Um, you know, I've known for a long time that there's a difference in the prices that I can get as a, an active rehabber and the price that a normal homeowner pays. You know, the, the homeowner who who does what I call Sears pricing, they pull out the yellow pages and they call people in the yellow pages. They're going to get a certain price. Uh, being in the business, being active in it, knowing the local roofers and so forth, I can get a much better price. But what I found in this particular uh, instance is that there is a third set of pricing and that's <laughs> that's the big guys um, I actually had my roofer uh, that I use locally go look at this property and give me a bid on it in fact we we had uh, six bids on on the roofs on this particular complex five of those were all grouped in the ninety to one hundred thousand dollar range so mm-hmm. that's the the rehabber price, you know, the the uh, the yellow book price on that would have been, you know, one hundred fifty thousand or something. You know, so there was a whole set of them w- that were grouped in the ninety to one hundred 
$1,000 range. The, uh, the contractor that we're, we're going with, and yes, I've checked him out and all that kind of stuff, uh, is doing these roofs for 67000 mm. So, you know, over $20,000 difference. Mm -hmm. And that's because he buys hundreds of thousands of squares per year. Mm -hmm. So he's, he's cutting out the middleman. He's going directly to the supplier. Um, you know, so he has that, that buying power. Plus, he has uh, crews on call day in, day out. You know, he can, he can put as many people on it as he needs to. So um, the pricing on, on the big ones is, uh, is better. Mm -hmm. So you know, one of those lessons that I, that I have learned through this process. <laughs> okay, very good. So uh, moral of that story, folks, is uh, doesn't matter what kind of property you're looking for, there are some spectacular deals out there. Uh, I guess the one thing we did not say, Jerry, is what are you guys estimating this thing is worth once you get it fixed? Okay. This um, this complex sold in 2006 um, for $3 million. We uh, are paying 1.2 for it. The rehab budget is 700000 So we'll have approximately 1.9 in it. And we have every reason to believe that we'll be able to get it back to at least that $3 million level. So there's, you know, over a million dollars in, in equity um, in this deal as long mm -hmm. as we can execute our plan. Plus cash flow of? Cash flow, once it's uh, at about 95% occupancy, it will throw off over $200,000 a year in cash flow. <gasps> Pretty good. Pretty good. Now, again, I want to invite listeners to give us a call on anything you want to know about finding ugly deals, financing ugly deals, um, uh, the 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 different exit strategies that you can use, and so on. And you can do that either by calling us at seven seven two nine six five eight or at eight seven 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 two nine six five eight, or you can email us at askvina at gmail dot com. I just got a uh, an email from Rusty in Ludlow, Kentucky, who says, how can I buy a single-family home owned by Fannie Mae that appears not to be listed currently by a broker? I am a cash buyer. Well, Rusty, the quick answer to that is you can't. Uh, the, the, one, of, one of the things about bank-owned properties, REOs, and particularly those that are owned by the large banks, and of course Fannie Mae's not a bank, it's a guarantor of mortgages, but Fannie Mae, HUD, Freddie Mac, VA, uh, is that their process says we must list the property or we cannot take offers. <laughs> that's, that's just uh, kind of how it works. And now, we'll do that when we get around to it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Now you, you might be able to find out who the asset manager is for Fannie Mae Properties in Northern Kentucky, and you might give them a phone call and ask them if they're taking offers right now, but I can tell you that my experience with that on the whole has been it just makes the asset manager mad because they stick these stickers on the front doors. You've seen these that say, uh, this property has been winterized uh, by such and such a company. Do not call this company for, for requests for purchase. Uh, contact the owner, and and uh, it, that's usually the asset manager who puts that sticker on there. But they really don't want to be bothered with individual people like you and me coming to them with offers. Although you would think that the goal would be so they'd want to get rid of them ASAP, <laughs> right? But that's just that's just not the way it works. The only time, Rusty, that I've ever had any success with ugly houses that are bank owned uh, that were not listed were when the banks were small local banks. Right. If they were, um, you know, some you know, little Joe's Joe Bob's corner bank, a lot of times you can call there and 
Joe Bob himself will <laughs> will tell you about uh, their vacant properties. So that's uh, that's probably uh, the way to do it. Okay, so so Jerry, um, I don't think anybody who actually keeps their eyes open has any questions that there's a lot of inventory in the ugly house market. Yes. <laughs> there are a lot of ugly houses right now, and there are many more so than there were five years ago. Why is that? Well, of course, the, the foreclosure issue is probably the biggest uh, contributor to that. Um, and the, the interesting sideline to that is the, the ugly houses that uh, are foreclosures are not necessarily the ugly houses that we saw, you know, five, seven, ten years ago. Um, I know some of the ones that, that you and I went through back in that time frame, we were literally trying to figure out could we pay a dollar for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and now the, the one that you were just talking about a few minutes ago, you know, that apparently is not in that bad a condition, uh, being able to pick that up for seventeen thousand, yeah, you know, it's, that's uh, it's it's a really interesting phenomena in the market right now. That again, I not only we'll did we not see, see it, it five years ago, I had I had not seen it in all the years I had been in real estate, but now we're seeing it, and we won't see it again. In a sense, the whole subprime market thing was really good, particularly for certain rental neighborhoods, because what it allowed people to do was borrow money not just to buy properties, but to do work on them. And we see a lot of properties that have, have in the last four to five years, had new siding, new windows, new furnaces, right. new plumbing, new electric, uh, the, the, the stuff that in a house built in 1890 was really important that it get upgraded, right. got upgraded. Because you could afford to do it. Exactly. And, and well, you could afford it because the financing was there, and, of course, the property values would support it. Uh, right. Today you can't pay full price for that property and then also rewire it. I mean, you just, uh, the right. pro- and, and, and there are still properties out there, at least in this part of the country, where the total repair costs are more than the value of the property. And they just right. there's nothing that can be done with those from our point of view. Yeah, people from the coast have trouble believing that, you know, if you pay $1 <laughs> for a house, it's not worth it. <laughs> yes, but unfor- and unfortunately, they come here and they pay 10000 for that house right. I just described, and right. then they, and they wonder why they can't fix right. it for what it's worth. Uh, but, um, yeah, so, so, so ugly a lot of times with, with these properties that have gone through a foreclosure means it, it needs a lot of cosmetic work and right. the plumbing got stolen. Almost always. And sometimes there's a window or two broken, even though they're new windows, you got to replace a few windows. The panes, yes. Uh, central air might've been stolen, but, uh-huh. but we're, but some, some of the quote ugly properties now are, are literally just cosmetically ugly. Right. And, and and we didn't used to be able to buy it. We used to say on this show, if you actually go back into the archives right. <laughs> of, 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 of this program on iTunes, you will hear me saying in, in you know, 1999 and 2003, you are never going to buy a property for 70 cents on the dollar that, that only, that needs, only cos- needs cosmetic work. Right. And today right. that's not true. Right. And it's just, it's just, be, it's a, a simple numbers game. There are just so many properties and so few qualified buyers right now that it's it's just supply and demand. Mm-hmm. So because there are so many out there is why we are able to get, you know, that kind of pricing on those types of properties right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that begs the question, if there's so many deals out there and so few qualified buyers, uh, great, we can buy the properties, but how do we make money on them? And we'll come back to that question as soon as we take a quick break. 
Ask your questions by calling us at 772-9658 or 877-772-9658. Send us an email at askvina at gmail.com. We'll be back right after this. Maple Knoll Home Health is proud to support programming on WMKV. Maple Knoll Home Health, a home care agency for older adults, specializes in maintaining the health and independence of its clients in their very own homes. More information on Maple Knoll Home Health is available at 513-782-2546. Once again, that is 513-782-2546. Checking on traffic in the westbound lanes of Fort Washington Way, just outside the Lytle Tunnel on the right shoulder, you'll find an accident. Also one on Beachmont Avenue in the 7600 block. We have an accident in Clifton between Calhoun and McMillan. Fields Ertle at US 42, Beachmont at Patterson, and Reading at Lexington. Your weather forecast this evening, we have a heat advisory in effect, and it will remain in effect until 8 o'clock this evening. Partly cloudy skies otherwise with some showers, some thunderstorms. Uh, possible later on tonight, a low of 72. 50% chance of rain for tomorrow as well off and on. Cloudy in the morning, maybe a little sun, but uh, tomorrow's high around 88. Should see temperatures in the upper 80s on Friday, low 90s on Saturday and Sunday. And then looking ahead to next week, a cold front moves through, highs only in the mid to upper 80s. That's my sarcasm for the evening. Right now it is 86 degrees here at 89.3 WMKV. WMKV sponsorship is affordable publicity and promotion for your business or organization. This is Elizabeth Pierce, Vice President for Marketing and Communications at Cincinnati Museum Center at Union Terminal. Partnership with WMKV supports unique public radio and helps us reach families with news of exhibits and programs at Cincinnati Museum Center 363 days a year. WMKV cares about us as a partner. We at Cincinnati Museum Center believe in the mission of WMKV. Partnership on WMKV really works. Your business can benefit through WMKV sponsorship. We specialize in for-profit and non-profit organizations, and this is the only outlet for this kind of programming anywhere in the region. Make your voice heard to families and seniors with 89.3 FM WMKV and WMKVFM.org. Call today and learn more about your very affordable options. 513-782-2427. And thank you. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I am your host, Vina Jones-Cox, and my guest today is Jerry Fink. And by the way, with uh, Mike's sarcastic little comment about the temperatures going down the cold front next week, of being in the high 80s, I'm headed off to Las Vegas tonight for the National RIA, National Real Estate Investors Association Conference, and it is 120 degrees there. <laughs> so, but it's dry. It's heat. a nice dry. dry heat. Heat. <laughs> <laughs> That's the important thing. Your skin fries off the second you step out of the casino, but I'm just planning on never leaving the casino. I mean, the conference is what I meant yeah, to say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we're talking today about ugly houses and... Uh, this is sort of a run-up to a, a session that Jerry is doing at Cincinnati RIA next Thursday. It's it's the early meeting, which starts at 6 o'clock. And those meetings are, the early meetings, by the way, are mainly oriented toward the new investor. So if you're feeling kind of lost about, I don't even know what the basic skills I need are, those are the meetings to definitely attend. Not that you shouldn't stay for the main meetings, but the early meetings are very, you know, I mean, Jerry, what you're going to talk about is like, this is what wholesaling is. Right. This is the steps. This is what you offer. This is how you find the deals. This is the way the paperwork gets shuffled. And then same thing for retailing. So right. it's it's a very, um, you know, if you kind of can't sort these out in your own brain, uh, 
those early meetings are, are right. great for doing that. Uh, and then also, uh, Cincinnati Rhea is sponsoring an all-day workshop called How to Make Money in Ugly Houses here in Cincinnati on July the 10th. And you can get more information about that at CincinnatiRhea.com. Uh, but, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely show up for the uh, Jerry meeting on the 1st because I'm guessing that uh, Jerry will okay it that even guests can come to that at no charge. We will do that. <laughs> since of course since will. Jerry's the treasurer, he's he's, <laughs> yeah, he's allowed to, to okay that. that kind of thing. And of course, I just totally put him on the spot. So what's he yeah, going to say, yeah, right? Exactly. Uh, so um, let, let's talk about uh, all the different strategies um, for for these ugly properties because I just I don't think anyone can question that they're definitely everywhere. Right. And not every owner of an ugly property, whether they're a banker or just a, a seller who's tired of dealing with it, is going to take the pennies on the dollar kind of prices that we want to pay. But a lot of them do. Right. There's a couple of things, though, that you can do then. I mean, just, just going out and getting the property under contract for X dollars does not make the money. What makes the money is the exit strategies. And people seem to be very locked into the idea of, well, there are no buyers out there, so how am I going to make money? Right. You know, kind of what was promulgated by all the TV shows of five years ago was you buy them, you fix them, you sell them. And that's that's retailing, and that is a very viable strategy. But with the lack of qualified end buyers right now, it's not uh, it, you cannot have it as your only strategy where mm-hmm. you you will you will hurt yourself. <laughs> well, but but let's say you and I both know a lot of retailers in this in our market and we're right. one of the one of the cheaper markets in the United States that are still, still retailing drill t- retailing right. a, a property right. every two weeks or every month but right. they're just doing it a little bit differently they're doing it differently in that and and part of this is what we were talking about before the break is because we are able right now to buy them so low even though we still put the the same level of rehab in them we have less total dollars in them mm-hmm. so we can still sell them at a reduced price off of true market value. So mm-hmm. if it normally we you know 5 years ago we would have sold it for 100,000, right now we can still sell it for 90 and make the same margin that we did before. Mm-hmm. So because we're able to buy them so cheaply right now, we can still make uh, make a living doing retailing. Mm-hmm. And just to just to try and clarify that a little, uh, p- people are now talking about Retail price and what's called quick sale price. Quick sale. And yeah. retail price is that hundred thousand dollars. That is, right. if if I were willing to leave that house on the market for six months, six months, nine months, whatever it takes, it would sell. It would ultimately sell for a hundred thousand because that's what it's worth, that's and it's that really good what house. It's worth. And yeah. and some qualified buyer will come along and fall in love with it because I put in the jacuzzi tub and I you know I did all the good stuff to it. The quick sale price is somewhere around five to ten percent, typically below the the retail price but it's not that that percentage is not important what's important is how low does it have to be to sell in like three days <laughs> or, or three weeks and there, yeah. Are, yeah. there are there are there are actual you if you if you look at comparable properties and you really have to be in the mls to do this because that's where you see how many days right. properties were on the market but in any in any homeowner type neighborhood you can now see two groupings of comps there's the higher price ones the hundred thousand dollar ones that sold in 100 days, days. Yeah. yeah 180 days and then there's another grouping that the days on market is literally somewhere between 3 and 45 and they sold at some lower price so if you're wondering what the quick sale price is get your realtor to look in the mls and see in that, that neighborhood yeah. yeah what how, how 
properties that sell in under 45 days, at what at what price are they priced? Now, it happens to be that in general, they tend to be priced about 5 to 10% under, quote, retail price. Or or what we see a lot is price pointing. If if the house is worth 105, the the quick sale price is 99.9. It's it's whatever is below that next right. round number right. uh, as, as it were. Uh, so, yeah, the retail market is alive and well. Uh, there are still qualified buyers out there. They are primarily FHA buyers. So right. you cannot you cannot skimp on the mechanical work in the house. Right. Um, if the wiring is working perfectly, but it is knob and tube, you fix it. <laughs> you yep. put in new. Uh, if or the, if they're stab lock breakers. If they're stab lock breakers, yes. <laughs> um, uh, FHA is very very concerned that the that the house be be very stabilized. Right. The, the all the mechanics be in a condition that they're going to last for ten or fifteen years. Right. So. That's what to remember about the retail market, but that's not all there is to no. it. Um, obviously, there's the there's the wholesale market, mm-hmm. you know, which is where you're still buying that house at the reduced price and turning around and selling it to either a retailer, or if it's not in too bad a shape, there's this concept of wholetailing, which is taking that that house and selling it to an end buyer who is handy enough to do the the fix up on their own. Or you may be um, wholesaling that to a landlord is the other one that is a, a very workable strategy right now, particularly mm-hmm. in the in the rental neighborhoods with the deals that we're able to, to get right now. Mm-hmm. We can still turn them around to a landlord. He still has plenty of equity and plenty of opportunity for cash flow. Mm-hmm. So that's a very, very workable uh, strategy in this market. Yeah, we're seeing we're seeing cash flows on on two family homes now in in the four hundred fifty dollar a month range with the, with the prices, right. and that's after repair. That's that's including like I got to pay for my repairs, and then I got to pull that money back out. Four hundred fifty dollars a month in cash flow. That's that's huge on a right. on a single family or a, a two family home. Right. Uh, so <clears throat> yeah, there's there's there are still buyers out there, and and I'm actually frankly I'm seeing more and more of them who are looking to buy now hold pay off the property you know the right. old school what we what we used to think of right. as being old school real estate investing right, right. and as, as you and i know and we've talked about it many times um when you really make money as a landlord is once it's paid off mm-hmm. because then you're dealing with you know a 30 to 40 percent cost basis as opposed to your your rents as opposed to a 80 or 90 percent uh, you know when you still have a mortgage so the, you know the the holy grail is paid off properties mm-hmm. when you're a landlord. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, with a paid off property, you can easily afford that property manager who's going to deal right. with it with it right. for you. And and I'm I'm starting to talk to people now. I, I think the the real estate crash and the recession has really knocked some conservatism into into the heads of a lot of real estate investors, and they're saying, yeah, it the property makes four hundred fifty dollars a month cash flow. But my mortgage payment's only one ninety seven, and what I'm doing is I'm actually paying four hundred a month to my bank, right. and I'm going to have it paid off in eight and a half years, and then it will be one hundred percent equity. It will be worth more because the market will recover. I'll still get the same rents, and at that point, I will have a thousand. You know, <laughs> they, and, they, and, and think about exactly what you're talking about. If you still have a day job, mm-hmm. if you can buy three, five, seven of these houses and can manage them while you hold your day job. And literally pay these things off in five or seven or nine years. Think of that retirement plan that you're building. I mean, that's just, uh, you know, there is no security in a day job anymore. So uh, 
you know, that's an incredible retirement plan uh, to have, you know, six, eight, ten mm-hmm. paid off properties. Yes, and, and folks who have, have the day job and are therefore qualified to get to, a loan to refinance <laughs> Fannie Mae. Uh, most people don't most people don't buy these with conventional financing because uh, no one will finance the repairs. And most of the properties I'm out there I'm seeing out there, the repair costs in, in flyover country are more than the purchase price of the house. So being able to finance the purchase price of the house doesn't help you very much. If you're paying twelve for it and it needs thirty in work, right. that other thirty has to come from somewhere. So typically what they're doing is they're buying with what's called a hard money loan. Right. Fifteen percent interest and five points. But they're borrowing the entire amount. Right. So, uh, getting it finished in- and and as long as you really can manage a rehab mm-hmm. and get it done quickly and efficiently and and turn that money back over, you can do that 12 and 15% money right, it for a short period of time. You cannot keep that and rent that property. Right. <laughs> that right. will kill you. <laughs> right. And if you I mean if you work out if you work out what the actual finance costs are on those hard money loans in terms of sheer dollars, if you if you don't get shocked by the percentages and you just look at the sheer numbers, it might cost you 4,000 bucks to hold that hard money loan for for 6 months. But if you bought the property at $65,000 under market, who cares? You know, right. It doesn't make that big a difference. But uh, what a lot of folks are doing is they're buying with hard money, fixing the property up, and then refinancing at Fannie Mae right. at five or five and a quarter percent interest. Right. And then the cash flow, oh my gosh. Because the $450 cash flow, that's assuming like an 8% private loan. I was just, and numbers don't work real well on the radio, but I, w- I was just working out a spreadsheet on a, on, on a property uh, that um, it's going to cleanly cash flow 450 a month. Wow. And that's not paid off. And I, and I went, okay, 450 a month, that is over $5,000 a year. And, you know, most, and that's including all reserves, everything. And most people, if they had 10 of those, <laughs> could probably replace the salary. Be in really good shape. <laughs> and and yes, these deals are are out there. You know, I'm 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 buying them every day. I'm also wholesaling them every day when they're not in the areas that that you know are on my side of town. Um and uh I just I I I know I keep saying this, but I'm almost jealous of the people who are getting started right now because right. these numbers did not exist. Yeah, I, I look at some of the first ones that I bought the you, wish, you wish you could we're, trade them in, yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't you? Okay, we need to take another quick break. When we come back, we will answer uh, Robert from Hudson, Ohio's questions, as well as yours at 772-9658 or 877-772-9658 or at askvina at gmail.com. Program support on WMKV comes from the Manor House Restaurant. Located on the campus of Maple Knoll Village, the Manor House offers lunch and dinner, as well as Sunday brunch and weekend buffets. Private party rooms are also available. Information and reservations at 513-782-4300. That's 513-782-4300. Checking on traffic, three accidents right now all have something to do with 71, two of them southbound 71, one of them south 71 at 275 on the left shoulder, then a little farther down south 71 at Red Bank, an accident on the right shoulder. And then now there's an accident eastbound US 50 just after the split to 71 heading toward Columbia Parkway, that's on the right shoulder. That earlier accident on Fort Washington Way has been cleaned up. We still have delays in the usual spots. 
maybe a little heavier than usual on 275 eastbound between 71 and Ward's Corner. Your forecast tonight, a heat advisory in effect until 8 o'clock tonight. Tonight, partly cloudy with a low of 72 and a slight chance of showers or thunderstorms tomorrow. A 50% chance of rain with a high of 88 degrees. And uh, pretty on Friday, sunny skies and a high of 88. Saturday, sunny with a high of 92. And uh, Las Vegas, sunny with a high of 126. No, I'm joking about that. But right now in Cincinnati, it's 87 degrees here at 89.3 WMKV. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. We're talking about ugly houses and sort of just exhorting you to get out there and get into the market because uh, even if you have no money, there are lots of ways to get money right now. Um, One of the questions, in fact, that just came in from uh, Robert was, please explain how Jerry financed that apartment complex that he is buying with the partner. (laughs) And uh, in your case, it was a hybrid. It is. Um, we were able to, and what's, what's really still amazing to me is everything you hear is you cannot get a loan. You cannot get construction loan. Um, what we were able to find, and this quite honestly is through the the help of a mortgage broker is how we found this. We have uh, been able to secure an 80% of what they call, um, as stabilized values. They're looking at a 90% occupancy and looking at the numbers at that level, and they're offering us 80% of that. Mm-hmm. So they are actually financing for us $1.55 million. The first 18 months at 30-day LIBOR plus three points. Mm-hmm. Now, the last time I looked at 30-day LIBOR, it was 0.25. <laughs> okay? Now, they did put a floor on that loan. So it's a 4% floor uh-huh. for the first 18 months, interest only. And then it rolls over into what they call a mini perm at the interbank cost of funds plus 3%, which the last time I looked at that, that, that totaled up to 4.9%. Mm-hmm. And that's for another 48 months. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, the other 20%, what we have done is we have gone out and raised private money for that. Now, it's a little bit different than raising it for a single-family house, but the concepts are still basically the same. You tell people that you're looking for money. You explain to them what the investment is, what the rate of return is. Um, in our case, because it, it is a, a larger deal like this, it's what's called a private placement memorandum. So they actually subscribe to be part of the LLC that owns the uh, the complex. Mm-hmm. But all, <laughs> all, all in... Um, we will have almost none of our own money in this when we're all done. Mm-hmm. And and for those of you who are interested in learning more about private placement memorandums, if you go to our iTunes podcast and scroll down until you see one called Matt Scott, uh, he was a guest a few months ago and talked right. about private placements and how to do those. Uh, so yeah, a lot of people are using private money, hard money. Uh, those who can qualify for Fannie Mae should do so. Oh my gosh, I'm so jealous <laughs> of people who can get five and a quarter percent financing. Right. Um, the, the, there's 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 a surprising amount of money there that is looking for a place where it can get a decent return in a secured way. Right. And it's and a lot of it is with people or their retirement funds or companies. Uh, it's not it's not banks anymore. Uh, so we know we can find them. If we learn a little bit, we can finance them. 
one of the key skills that people need to do the ugly house business, and this is so much more important in, the, in this particular business than it is in like the pretty house business where we're buying subject to, is evaluation. Right. Right. Um, you, you need to, I mean, evaluation has two sides. One is you need to be able to understand how to run comps. You really, really need to figure out that art of what is this property actually worth when it's all said and done. Mm-hmm. The other side is being able to get good handle on the costs. And that's, uh, you know, that's not trivial because it takes some some time and some effort and some learning and some experience to really, really get a, a good handle on that. Um, you know, that is one of the things you, you mentioned, you know, that I, that I teach a class and that is uh, a big part of that class is cost estimating. And we actually take people through houses and Show them, you know, here's what I'm looking for, here's what I'm looking at, here's what it'll cost to fix, um, so that we can actually teach people those skills of being able to evaluate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, it is easy to to make yourself a bad deal in an ugly house by not knowing those two things. What is it worth fixed up? What is it going to cost to fix it? And, of course, the third thing is, if you're going to hold it, what can I rent it for? What right. are my costs going to be with that? Uh, taxes, property taxes, uh, are incredibly very, high all over the country. And they vary all over the place. Yes. Even even by, in some cases, even by uh, neighborhood, mm-hmm. they'll they'll vary widely. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so um, being able to do that evaluation as well is is so so crucial. I unfortunately talk to a lot of people who own ugly houses that. They, they frankly overpaid for them. They thought they were getting a good deal because the gross numbers were low. They paid right. they paid twelve thousand for a house, and you say, how could you possibly lose paying twelve thousand for a house? Well, I could I could go show you some right. <laughs> where people pay twelve thousand. That's, that's it about was too 20, much. Twenty thousand too much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, so understanding those evaluations and understanding that there are properties, and and I'm not only talking to folks here in in uh, really really. Everywhere between the coasts, this applies. Right. Everywhere between the coasts. I don't. I don't know of any markets, uh, with the possible exception of Phoenix, that are between the coasts where this does not apply. Whether you are local to the property or whether you are from the coast buying in the middle of the country, you must have your evaluation skills together on these, and you must understand that it is possible to pay zero for a property and still have it be a bad deal if the repair costs are are very very high um i I evaluated a property on saturday with with a couple of students that the the woman literally she wanted to give it to me for the back taxes she said if you pay the back taxes you can have it and it sounded pretty good it was a brick two family had a two-bedroom unit a five-bedroom unit and uh by the time we got done with the evaluation uh, her back taxes were too much Uh, she she owed a little over eleven thousand in back taxes and the property needed sixty thousand dollars worth of work, partly because it was just so large. You get into, you know, the ten rooms of paint as opposed to six, and and uh, the rooms were all like fifteen by fifteen instead of a twelve by twelve. So more carpet and two kitchens and two baths and two furnaces and two everything. And uh, properties, I probably couldn't sell that house for sixty five when it was mm-hmm. when it's finished. Now it would rent for a lot of money. Right. But the problem is, as we discussed earlier, there's so many deals on the market that are partly fixed already. Oh, that house also had 38 windows, wow. <laughs> 38 oversized windows that wow. needed to be replaced. <laughs> that was that was a big bill right there. Um, 
the house across the street that's already had the new windows, already had the new kitchens put in, the yeah, the baths need a facelift, but they're not that bad. It's had a new furnace. You can when you can buy that property for fifteen, why would you buy the one across the street for eleven? Right. When it needs twice as much work. Right. Doesn't it does not make sense. So uh, we got to be able to find the deals. That's easy. We got to be able to find finance the deals. That requires learning about different kinds of creative finance. Right. We've got to be able to figure out the after repaired value, and the repair costs, and or the cash flow and the repair costs, right. <laughs> depending on on what the exit strategy is. Right. And I look at both of those mm-hmm. at these days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Me too. And uh, you've got if you're going to rehab it, you got to have your rehab skills. If you're going to rent it, you got to have your management skills. But uh, uh, because a, a lot of these profits that we're singing the praises of are dependent upon you know how you know how to keep the rehab on budget. Right. You know how to get it done right. You know you know when you go and look at your uh, look at the roof when it's first of all you know to go look at the roof while it's before it's finished. <laughs> <laughs> Step one, <laughs> and number two, you know when you are looking at that uh, if you see that the contractor hasn't replaced a piece of underlayment with a big hole in it, he stops, pulls it off. You know how to control it. Right. You, you know what a good rehab looks like uh and with rentals it's uh you know you've got to aggressively manage them people right. people need to pay their rent if they're going to stay and you need to be able to you can't pay you can't stay <laughs> right and you need to be able to uh um screen folks so that they're not going to come in and undo all your hard work all that, all that work <laughs> that you just did yeah. to the place but i mean really uh, the 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 big resource today is not money it's knowledge right Right. And it's not credit score. It's knowledge. Right. It It's what do you know? Who who do you know? What kind of strategies do you know? And if you can acquire that knowledge, then there's just enormous money to be made in the ugly house market. So uh, we invite you once again to join Jerry at the early meeting of the Real Estate Asso- Investors Association of Cincinnati on July the 1st. That's at 6 o'clock. Uh just attend as his guest if you're in the area. And to tell all, him I sent you. Tell him, tell him Jerry sent you. <laughs> and tell him Jerry okayed it because he'll probably forget to tell the people at the front desk. <laughs> and uh, also to check out CincinnatiRIA.com, CincinnatiREIA.com for more information about the all-day Ugly House Workshop uh, where we will help teach you a lot of those Absolutely. skills that, that we've just been talking about. And uh, again, CincinnatiRIA.com for more information on that. We will be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing. Magistrelli here for the big broadcast. Join me for an evening of classic entertainment from the golden age of radio, Saturdays at 7 on FM 89.3. 
WMKV, Reading, Ohio. Stay tuned for the Fox 19 6 p.m. news simulcast coming up next on WMKV Reading, Ohio and WMKVFM.org. Buildings actually shake from side to side. Breaking news, an earthquake in Canada is felt more than 600 miles away, smack dab in the tri-state. Good evening, I'm Trisha Mackey. And I'm Dan Carroll. Let's take a look at the scene during a news conference in Ottawa when that 5.0 magnitude quake hit. You see the shaking right there, about 1.41 this afternoon. And the man in the middle, he's going to start gathering up his papers and everyone else starts heading for the exits. No injuries or damage reported here. And believe it or not, 645 miles away, right here in the tri-state, hundreds of people felt it. Fox 19's Kimberly.